Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of the Being Freelance podcast is brought to you by the Being Freelance community. Come and hang out with others who get what it's like. Be inspired, supported, cheered up, feel part of something because you're not alone being freelance. Join us and join in at beingfreelance.com. Just click community. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance. For motion designer and 3D artist, Alex Leo. Yes, I do like the ebb and flow of freelancing, but I, as a person, am, I think, very structured. I'd rather kind of, you know, have my head down and be in that flow state for those eight hours. And then after that, I'll be free to, to do whatever I want to. The people that they continuously like working with might not be the best artists, but they're oftentimes the best people. You know, you can always teach someone a skill set, but it's very hard to teach someone to be a kind person. You know, in a way that unstable nature of freelancing, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me kind of hungry and thirsty of, I want to get better. Obviously, you want to keep getting hired. You need to show them that you're still progressing and that you're not just kind of staying in one place. There's Alex. That story coming up in a moment. How are you? Say hello and share this episode if you enjoy it. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Being Freelance. All right. We are off to LA, if I'm sounding slightly sunnier, that's why, uh, to chat to freelance motion designer and 3D artist Alex Leo. I said that wrong. Leo? No, oh, you got it. You got Leo. It. <laughs> I nope. said it right. <laughs> I doubted it, myself. Don't, don't second guess yourself. <laughs> You're nailing it. <laughs> Leo. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? It's, uh, it's quite a journey. So before I got into doing any kind of motion design, I actually primarily did music. My degree is actually in music business. And the only reason why I got that degree was because I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my life. <laughs> I was like, hey, I've been you know, doing music forever. I actually didn't want to go to college. It was my mom who was like, you should, you should try the college thing just to, you know, just to see what happens. <laughs> um, and I'm very grateful that, that she did that. So my degree required an internship for me to graduate. And so at the time, I was, um, I was performing with... Um, there's basically there's an organization out there called um, uh, Drum Corps International, which is essentially professional marching band. Um, <laughs> right. And there's yeah, and there's another side of it called uh, WGI, which is Winter Guard International, and that is the essentially the the wintertime activity of it. At the time, I played uh, percussion instruments. The group that I wanted to perform with happened to be in Nashville, Tennessee. And there was also companies that I thought, hey, they could be fun to you know intern with while I'm out there. So why don't I just make this move and make this happen? And so in my final year of college, I moved out to Nashville to pursue this career and this internship. And while I was out there, I basically lucked into an internship that led into a full-time job with a company uh, called Innovative Percussion, which is a drumstick and mallet manufacturer. I was the first hire in 10 years and also the youngest person in the front office. And so because of that, they said, Hey, why don't you do all of our media our advertising graphic design and our video production for the company? Um, as you can tell, this is kind of like a more of a <laughs> mom and pop operation. So we wore a lot of hats all at this uh, company. 
And so at this time, my resume of design was that I had taken one Photoshop class in, I think, high school or middle school or something like that. So it's not very experienced by any means. But they figure, you're young. You'll know yes. how to do this. Yes, yes. That's, right. that's exactly it. They're like, you're, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll pick it up really quickly. Like, you'll, you'll be fine. And I was like, sure, why not? I, I'll try it. I've, I've never done this before. <laughs> I started doing more just um, like brochures and like advertisements for like magazines for them. But then also doing some of the um, video production work for like interviewing artists and just kind of like you know, putting putting these like little stories together. And I had a lot of fun doing that. So while I was kind of working on these projects, I, I just thought, hey, you know, I this is something that I'm actually having a lot of fun doing and I would love to get better at. So I just started kind of seeking out different resources to further my skills and push what I was uh, capable of. And while I was like diving around, I found this website called lynda.com. I learned that if you had a public library card, you could get all of their courses for free. So I said, you know, why not? I'll just start taking a bunch of classes in these different fields and can just kind of see what interests me and kind of see where it pushes me. You know, as I was like going through these classes, I found this thing known as motion graphics, which is what I do now. And it looked really interesting. Um, so I figured, you know, why not just kind of dive down this path? I was with this company for four years in total what the one that you joined as an internship yes that's correct i just wow. I stayed there for four years um i, I mean like they were they're they were great to me they because i think they saw that i had this like passion in learning about this topic they allowed me to take a lot of these courses you know on the company dime and stuff like that just to you know keep kind of furthering myself and so you know just kind of during these four years i just kept grinding and grinding because once i kind of found this passion for motion graphics i got in that mindset of like oh i didn't go to school for this so i suck and i have to make up for you know the x amount of time that i to say it like crudely like i I wasted on you know doing something else you know that is not the the current focus Mm. um you know as as i was with this company and i was doing this for 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 a long time i kind of realized like because i was the only person doing it i was essentially the best person there and I didn't want to be in that position. Like I, I wanted to have other artists that I could learn from. I wanted to surround myself with other like-minded individuals. I wanted to find a mentor to really like, you know, take me over that kind of initial curve. And so once I kind of had that mindset, it kind of came to me at a perfect time where I realized I also wanted to move somewhere that was a bit more diverse. Um, being so, I, I grew up in Austin, Texas. And then I moved to Nashville. Um, so I'm basically saying in the like the south of the United States, which is not known to be maybe the most diverse areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, it kind of just led me to, hey, let's take a look at Los Angeles. I really enjoyed that area when I was visiting. And I know there's you know a lot of these motion graphic studios that are out there. And so once I kind of pinpointed Los Angeles, I was like, all right, I'm going to set this goal of I'm going to be with this company for a total of five years at the time it was I, I set that that goal um and once year five is done i'm gonna make the move i'm just gonna make it happen well once year four came around i was like nope <laughs> I, I can't stay another year i i have to i have to get out this just i i just felt kind of stifled in my career and i i felt that i was kind of coasting through life because i i got comfortable with this like full-time job and like oh i'm i'm making enough to you know just just survive and and that's that's enough but 
don't know. I, I think I was also kind of seeing other people around me that were coasting through life. And I was like, I don't want to be there in 10 years or 20 years, whatever. Like I, I want to, I want to look back on a life that I, you know, I feel fulfilled and I had a lot of fun doing what I'm doing. So anyway, so once, once year four came around, I was like, all right, I was always hesitant on sending out my work because again, like I think with this like artist mindset, we're all very hypercritical on our, on our own work. Um, and I was like, well, I've, you know, I've only been doing this for four years now. Like I, I'm no, what studio in Los Angeles where they work on, you know, big movies and stuff like that. Like why, why are they going to want this chump who's coming out of nowhere? <laughs> um, but you know, I kind of got over that mindset. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? Like, let me just send out my work. Let me just get it out there and let what's, what's the worst that could happen. They, they say no. And then I, you know, I still have that quote unquote, one more year with this company that I can just, you know, keep refining my stuff. And then maybe that'll get me to the point that gets me a foot in the door. Well, so I got lucky enough that one of these studios I reached out to came back to me and offered me an internship. Um, and the studio was you know, uh, turned out to be Cantina Creative. So at the time, when I was looking for studios, I literally Googled motion graphic studios in Los Angeles. I had no idea who I was looking for, what I was looking for. I was just like, I just need to, I just need to get into a studio so I can, can move my, myself forward. Well, it turns out <laughs> this studio does work on all of these big Hollywood blockbuster movies. They're known for doing a lot of the work in Iron Man, uh, Captain America Civil War, and uh, like Spider-Man Homecoming, just to name a few. <laughs> the easiest example that I always give is that when you watch the Iron Man movies and he puts like the, the visor down and you're in his point of view and you see all of like the, the graphics within the helmet, mm-hmm. that's what they do. <laughs> that's them. That's literally them. Spoiler alert that none of that was real. But anyway, go on. Yeah, right? <laughs> sorry. Sorry to spoil that for anybody. <laughs> um, but so like I was like, I once once I, I looked at the studio's work, I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to work with you guys. Like you guys do incredible work. Like I, I know I'm going to learn so much with you guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take this risk, you know, to basically go from a full-time salary job into an internship job. So I'm taking quite a big pay cut to also move to one of the most expensive cities <laughs> in the U.S. You know, it's yeah. really smart decisions, right? <laughs> um, but so through the studio, I end up, you know, getting the opportunity to learn from just some absolutely incredible artists. Um, and I also, because of them, you know, I got to work on a lot of films that I just never even thought would happen in, in my life. Um, you know, I, I got to work on films such as the Avengers Endgame, uh, Bloodshot, and then most recently that came out was the second Avatar movie. Whoa. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was just, the, the whole time I, w- I was like, oh, I, I, I mean, I guess I guess this is just what like motion graphics is in, in Los <laughs> Angeles. You get to work on all these big time movies. Um, so basically my, my internship was supposed to be three months long, but then at the end of month two because i think they realized you know i'm a little bit older and i was like i'm again i need to make a living to, to survive here they then kind of bumped my pay up and uh just kept me in this freelance permalance position which so i ended up staying with the studio for like another year so that is like one of the starts to i guess my freelance career um because <laughs> to backtrack a little um 
when I moved to LA, I still had, I think like a month or two before my internship started. Well, one of the other studios that I reached out to for an internship called Davis Studios, they actually hit me up and was like, hey, do you want to freelance with us for a month? I mean, sure. Like I'm, I'm out here. I need to make money. And like, it, like it would be great to have, you know, even more experience going into this internship that I wasn't kind of expecting to get. So I basically had like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a little, little window into freelance and then an internship and then back into full-time freelancing. (laughs) It's quite a, quite a, quite a little, little, little journey, but that is, yeah, boiled down. That's how I got into (laughs) freelancing. (laughs) When, when you started with the drumming, I wasn't expecting, (laughs) I wasn't expecting that, that story arc. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, James Cameron would be proud. So yes. then when you left, though, uh, mm-hmm. after a year or so, and you then, you know, you described yourself as permalance. Did you mm-hmm. then go freelance after that? Or were you looking for other opportunities? Uh, yeah. So I basically, so once that, what, that ended, um, I had a lot of friends who were freelancing. And I, I think I just kind of in the mindset, I was like, I kind of, I want to try this freelancing thing. I've never... I've never done this before. Um, you know, my, my parents have always held full-time jobs. It's not something like any of us uh, had like experienced, but I kind of, you know, referencing back to when I was talking about like when it's in Nashville, I found myself being too comfortable when I sit in a staff job. And I was like, I think, I think this freelancing thing is, is what I need and what I'm seeking out um, because of just kind of, you know, in a way that that unstable nature of freelancing, it keeps me on my toes. Um, it mm. keeps me kind of hungry and thirsty of I keep I want to get better because in, in in a sense, like you you want to obviously you want to keep getting hired, you know, by studios, by clients, whatever, and you need to show them that you're still progressing and that you're not just kind of staying in one place. So once I finished that permalance, I basically I, I had a, also had a book that I've read time and time again it's called the uh, freelance manifesto from school of motion and that was like kind of at the time my like bible into freelancing in the motion graphics industry and you know i took i took a lot of advice from there that was like you know don't be afraid to cold email studios just to get your name out there so they're even aware of who you are and i was also lucky enough to have a lot of my friends who were active freelancers, they've been in the industry for a lot longer and they would, you know, refer me to other studios. Um, and that also got my name out there during, during that time. I, I also like, you know, kept working on like personal projects and just, you know, again, like w- taking as many classes as I could just doing whatever I could to keep bettering myself and furthering my skill set in this industry. Um, and I just, I got lucky enough that like, you know, studios started to, grab onto this and kind of see me and then they just kept they just started hire me through there and yeah so eventually I, I did i did bounce back to cantina for a little bit uh for i think like another few months or so but i just started to then expand my kind of database of studios and i started uh freelancing around all of la so since then it has it been a fairly regular sort of path you know going from studio to studio putting out the feelers being referred being known I would say I, so I've gotten fortunate enough now to where I don't have to send out as many cold emails because I think I've like stu- studios know who I am now. They are the ones who, who reach out to me. Like I'm, I'm at the point in my career that I can, I'm fortunate enough to where now I can 
refer jobs to other people when I there's basically too many coming my way. Um, during the uh, the the pandemic, like it was a weird time, obviously for everybody, but for me, it almost came at this weird perfect moment of oh, we can't go anywhere, so I'm gonna just sit my butt down and just focus on you know again taking more classes. And at that point in my career, I had been looking at there's this there's this program that I use primarily now known as Houdini. And I had been gravitating towards this program because a lot of the artists that I really looked up to, a lot of the studios I l- really looked up to, this was the the program that they used. But this program is known to be very technically challenging. It's very daunting. You open it up and it's very different from any 3d package that's out there it's a lot more technical but so basically i took that year and i was just like all right i'm actually gonna learn this this time i've i've (laughs) i before this i'd opened this program up a handful of times and each time i would just immediately close it because i would just be terrified (laughs) of what i was looking at but yeah so because i started learning this program i then started you know testing the waters be like all right let me just you know i'll take some jobs using this program and see sort of where it takes me. Um, and I had, you know, studios that worked with me before that trusted me enough to be like, okay, like you'll, you'll figure this out. <laughs> so why not? We'll, we'll just give you this chance. And yeah. So, so basically from there, it's just been kind of on the, like the up and up where now, yeah, a lot of studios reach out to me to do different types of uh, 3d motion graphics work. Flipping egg. There's so much I want to <laughs> ask you. So hang on, just to put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. So when did you go out to LA? What year? I moved out here the summer of 2018. So I've been here now for a little over four years. But like the whole time, even, you know, when when you've been known, when you've been working on huge things, mm-hmm. it sounds like continually developing is a huge part of your success. Yes, I, I would say so. I, you know, I, I think that... That grinding mentality that I had in Nashville, you know, I, I think a lot of it does come from what, you know, I think a lot of artists suffer is the whole imposter syndrome where we, we never really feel like we're ready per se, where it, even, even now, you know, I, I'll, I'll any, any job that I take, I, I do have a split second where I second guess myself of like, can I actually do this? Do I have the right skill set to do this? Do I, do I have the mental power capacity to, to do this? So during that time, I, you know, I was just constantly working on personal projects, constantly taking as many classes as I could. A lot of times I would even just listen to tutorials, be like, all right, maybe, maybe I'll absorb some information by osmosis or, or, or something. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the grinding and just continuously pushing myself is definitely where, where it like led me to where I'm at in my career now. How would you find or make time for that? Beyond there being a pandemic. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So during, I guess, before the pandemic and now after, it is it's it is a lot of um, kind of sacrificing social time or even sleep mm-hmm. uh, where I'm just like, you know, if, if friends are going out, it's like, hey, sorry, I, I, I've got to I've got to work on this thing or I've got to got to finish this class. Yeah, you you do have to sacrifice time to in order to to make room for that, which you know I wasn't great about that. Like I'm I'm sure we'll we'll get into this later, but like the the whole like work life balancing, um, especially early on in 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 my career, I was not great at that. 
Um, I think with, again, that, that voice in the back of the head, that's always like, you're not good enough. You need to, you need to continuously push yourself. Um, I would basically always like grind myself until I was at the point of burnout every year at, at some point throughout the year. Um, so what definitely wasn't <laughs> the, the most healthy of balances. Hmm. And when you're like studying and developing, would you like set yourself, I know deadlines or, um, I know projects or that's the thing, right? You can take a course, mm-hmm. but, um, it's actually putting things into action, having a reason to, to use a new skill somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I think a lot of that again is like it's like these like personal products. Like I would I would take um, what I learned from these 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 courses and be like, okay, how can I spin this into something that is like something that's more my style or something that I can u- utilize in a different project? And so, oftentimes, if like if I let's say I do I do a tutorial and it like teaches you a certain skill set, whether it's like I'm doing like a fluid simulation or like a smoke simulation or something like that, I've got the the basis there. And then from there, I kind of take that and it's like, okay, well, then how can I further manipulate this to be something that I would actually want to show to the world? And I also got lucky enough to where a lot of these studio jobs that I took on also weird, weirdly line up <laughs> with the classes that I was taking or the tutorials I was watching. And it would just end up being like, oh, I can like kind of practice on the fly. But a lot, a lot of it is kind of like you're saying, where I'm, I'm also setting my own personal project deadlines. Like I, I've, I've got a, I've got a, an app that I use day to day called Todoist. Um, I basically wouldn't know how to live my life if I didn't have this. It's, it's my like to do <laughs> list for the entire day. So I, I use it for, for personal stuff, but I also use it for work stuff. Um, and so I would, you know, I would set like, uh, let's say every, every other day, uh, watch this tutorial. And then at the end of like week two, I would then send like another deadline and be like, okay, have this product done by this day and just post it to the world, whether it's on Instagram or my website or whatever. But just so, you know, I, now I'm hands off and I can't like let my, cause oftentimes with these projects, it's, it's, we're just kind of running out of time and nothing is ever completely finished. But, you know, like you were saying, like I, I have to get it out there at a certain point or it's just going to kind of stay in my archives forever. So how about what you show in your portfolio? Would these projects end up in that? Yeah, so I, I think primarily I was sharing a lot of these on Instagram. That that is that's where I put a lot of my um, just kind of like self exploration type stuff. I do have a page on my portfolio website where it's just kind of like all of the exploration stuff in there. But I feel like it probably gets more visibility on Instagram. Like my portfolio itself is at this point more dedicated to client projects just because a lot of times those are bigger projects and I can show like breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, but all the little like personal exploration stuff I would just post on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and that would get me a lot of movement there. I remember right at the beginning, you said that you did a music business degree. Yes. How have you found the business side of things? Like, did that help or or should you have become a drummer for that to have helped? Like- <laughs> uh, the uh, and, and funny enough, I would say the the business classes of that degree probably helped me the most. Um, just not not necessarily what I'm doing now, but maybe more of just like how to think about the business side because like what they're teaching in school, it's not necessarily geared towards mm, freelancing 
per se. So it's a you know it's a, it's, a, it's a little more corporate or structured uh, in that sense. And so a lot of like what I've learned on the business side of things is just as the years go on, I just continuously ask my other freelance friends who've been successful in their careers and be like, hey, like how would you go about um, pricing out this project? How would you go about like even wording this email? Um, like so today I just started my first gig for the, for the the new year and this is the first time that I've done something that is uh, a project rate and not a day rate which is traditionally what when when we're booked the studios we're we're charging day to day but by you know by doing this project right now I have more flexibility in my schedule and it's just basically like hey you've got one month make sure you get these three scenes done but you can work whenever you want to Sorry, I think I, I think I pivoted away from your question a bit there, but yeah, no, but it's it's cool. But so it's so. Would you say that your pricing is normally dictated to you? Like, do do you get to negotiate your fee, for example, with a studio, or is it simply, well, you're doing this thing, here's what you're going to get, and it's a day rate, like blah. Is, I, would that normally be how it would work? So I would say, like, so earlier on. Um, when studios are maybe not so sure about your skill set and stuff like that, it, it was a sometimes a bit more of a push and pull of like, hey, I'm charging X amount, but they're like, hey, can you go a little bit lower or or you know whatever. But as I've kind of built my skill set and you know looked at the, the the industry as a whole, you do have to be a bit more hard headed. Sometimes you give them a rate a day rate and if they're they're not happy with it then you just, it's almost like you're like shopping for cars where you'd be like all right well sorry um that's just what my rate is now because again like I, I live in an expensive place and i have to be able to survive here so this is what i need to charge and you're good at what you do alex oh thank you thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> um, i'll just sit but, on your shoulder in those meetings in the future and, uh, perfect so perfect I, I love it um but yeah I've i've had i've been fortunate enough to where i have friends who also have similar skill sets to me so i can kind of be like hey what are you right. what are you charging um and most of the freelancers in our industry are very open to discussing things because like all we have is really each other like these like a lot of these rates are they're basically arbitrary right like we're we're just setting an amount um and it definitely is dependent on where you live what you do all all sorts of things and yeah so so basically as as my current career has gone on i've just continuously increase my rate based on what i think my work is valued but also like how much rent goes up that definitely does affect it as well back with alex in a moment but i just want to remind you that this episode is supported by the being freelance community originally i set up on facebook that was four years ago but now we have moved away to a brand new home no adverts no distractions no data mining just a place that is ours it's so much easier to find things as well like there's an area where you can go and ask questions a place where you can celebrate your wins a place where you can look for something you know like you might be looking for a particular freelancer to help with something for that matter you might be the freelancer who could be hired and help somebody else with something we have the non-employed a week awards the live Q&A, the freelance disco, plus, for that matter, episode 300 of this podcast, which is only in a few weeks' time, will be, first of all, done live into the community. You can be part of it. You can even ask questions to my guest for that episode. If you want to be part of it, go to beingfreelance.com, click community, and I look forward to seeing you in there. Right, let's get back to Alex. 
so now that you've been you're doing a particular thing on a project right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you approached that by like you know you've got this day thing in your mentality like of thinking okay well it's going to be this number of days like how has it changed the way you've looked at that we'll find out <laughs> since this is the first time that i'm doing it right as 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 of today it hasn't like i'm still you know the goal at least for me in freelancing is that i want to work less hours but make more money so i am still trying to quantify it by looking at the days be like okay this project i because the, the so the biggest reason why we shifted to this project rate was i again i wanted to find more of this work life balance um i i started snowboarding last year so basically that's been my new obsession um and so i've been approaching every student who's like come to me i'm like hey can i can i work four day weeks so that i can go up on the weekends with my friends to go snowboarding um and i've gotten lucky enough to where most studios um say that they're okay with that <laughs> um so w- with that said it's like um i i i look at like i was just just kind of building out a rough calendar for this product now um and it's you know i've got about i think it's like about a month maybe maybe a week over a month or so um but i still want to look at it as like okay I still I I'm I'm working these four day work weeks, and I would like to stick to you know the the eight hour workday. Like I, yes, I do like the ebb and flow of freelancing, but I as a person am I think very structured. Um, like again, like with like this like to do list thing that I I absolutely need to know what tasks I need to finish from from day to day. Um, I do need some sort of structure within my schedule where I'm I'm not like maybe some other artists where I'm like, oh, I'll just work two hours here, <laughs> chill for three hours, and then I'll come back and work like another three. Um, but I, I'd rather kind of, you know, have my head down and be in that flow state for those eight hours. And then after that, I'll be free to to do whatever I want to. Yeah. Because you mentioned earlier about work-life balance, you just mentioned mm-hmm. snowboarding there, so it sounds like it's a work in progress. <laughs> How's it going? Yes. Uh, it has gotten a lot, lot better. Um, you know, I so I've since let's see, since the middle of December, I have gone snowboarding every single week. Um, we we're lucky enough to where where we at in Los Angeles. There's a mountain over here called Mammoth Mountain. That's like about a four or five hour drive away. But I have a big group of friends who also snowboard so we basically drive up every weekend um we'll also be making a couple trips out to say like denver and utah this year to you know continue snowboarding um so it's definitely it's definitely gotten a lot better but with that as i was like talking with about like personal projects and classes earlier how you know you're sacrificing Mm. a lot of social time to do those things well now i'm kind of in the reverse order right like i am now sacrificing time that i would be doing classes or personal products to now relax and to hang out with friends, do just do whatever and go adventure, basically get, get away from the computer. <laughs> um, so that that's also been, you know, a, a learning process for me of kind of letting go of, again, that, that voice in the, in the back of your head where, you know, it's constantly, cause you, again, I think we're, we're also in that culture of like, you're, uh looking on like instagram and stuff you're constantly seeing incredible work out there so you always have this like self-doubt of am i doing enough but as as my kind of career has gone on you know i've i've learned that like i love what i do and i want to be a fantastic artist but i do want to have a life outside of my work i want to have a life with my friends my family because to me 
at the end of the day, like those are like the relationships that really matter and that truly, truly make me happy. Yeah. Did the pandemic play a part in this? In the like seeking out the the work life balance. Yeah, I'm just wondering. You went into the pandemic. Obviously, you mm-hmm. couldn't hang out with people, and you studied the heck out of it and became, you know, Master Houdini. <laughs> you, you, you won't say you were a master, I know, but um, <laughs> did you start working from home at that point when you were working? Yeah, yeah. During the pandemic is when when I shifted to just being fully remote, like building my own computer mm. and just work working out of here. Um, I. I, th- I think that definitely affected me. Um, so I have always considered myself be- I almost, like, I guess, like till the pandemic, I'd always considered myself very introverted, very shy. Um, but I feel like something happened in the pandemic where I think it was like you said, where you couldn't hang out with people. Um, and so like I had, I don't know if it's all this, like just like the social energy that built up, but <laughs> After like when we were able to start going out, I I became like the the weird like social butterfly in a sense. Like all all my friends who who are like we'll, we'll take like the the personality test or whatever, and they're like they're like very introverted. I'm like I swear I, I used to be introverted, but for some reason I'm getting this like more extroverted leaning <laughs> results now. <laughs> That's cool. So what would you say you found challenging in freelance life? Whew, um. The work life balance for me has, has still again it's it's tricky and it's been like a learn learn uh uh what's the word that I'm looking for it's it's just like a, a, something I'm doing in, in progress. Last year I had I didn't work for I think somewhere between 8 to 9 weeks, but I made more money than I ever had. But it's still scary like even when this this year began, even though I had the mindset of like okay, this year I'm going to try to take off more time so I can go, you know, snowboarding, do these other activities. But when I, what like studios were reaching out to me in January, but no one was like actually trying to book, I still got so I got so scared. <laughs> I was like, is 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 this okay? Like even though <laughs> last year, like I you know I I didn't work for X amount of time and it was totally fine, but I was still afraid of you know not having this kind of constant cash flow, um, which again like I'm I'm used to from full-time jobs or like you know looking at my uh, at my parents as an example um so that's been you know tricky to just kind of like again just being like okay it's like things are gonna be fine like i i've done this before and and you know things have have worked out and i've like jobs have come through or you know i I work on myself to to keep bettering myself to pull clients to me so having that balance has definitely been tricky um and I think the other thing is just also just knowing how how to price yourself as freelancers. Like we we can't be, you know, walked over by studios who are maybe sometimes just looking for like a cheaper artist or whatever. Like we have to price ourselves at what we think our work is worth. And one of the things which makes you more valuable is improving your skill set over time with these extra things, right? Yes, absolutely. I you know I think there's so much technology that's happening that's changing that's constantly progressing around us that you can't really you can't really stagnate you have to keep seeking out and keep improving yourself to show studios that hey i'm still here i'm still willing to learn i'm still willing to get better um and i think that does show and a lot of studios are impressed by that and like that those are the artists that they seek out because a lot of these you know, studios, they're run by artists themselves. 
who also love to geek out and just talk technology, talk creative things. And when you can bond with them on that level, there's almost like more of a rapport and they, you know, they love working with you at that point. Yeah. That's an interesting point itself. So before the pandemic, you would, you would normally be going into a studio, right? Like into a location. Yes. Yes. So actually the, you know, there's a kind of a vision in my head, you know, being sat there with your headphones on, staring at a computer. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Well, you've talked about being chained to computers, but, um, but actually there is a, a lot to be said for the human relationships when you go into a client's business yeah uh, like obviously it's, it's a lot easier to uh collaborate with people when you're in the studio you know you can just you literally you just swing around you're like oh my god that is such a cool design frame that you made like how did you do that you have that instantaneous feedback of just asking your mentor this other artist whatever of you know how to do a certain thing and that's a lot harder when you <laughs> when you're working remote all, all the time and you know all you have is basically zoom calls or slack or discord or whatever your Mm. communication platform is and i think because of that and again like this like weird new extroversion that i found um i i do try to make it a point to especially connect with as many freelancers as i can when i'm working on these projects like i'll I'll just reach out to them and because we're not in this person-to-person space anymore you know i want to like connect with these people on a different level um and even like when i like uh was it two two years ago now um i worked on a project uh actually with the the student i'm currently with and i i noticed that there was like a number of junior artists that were on the job um and i just kind of like took it up on myself to kind of you know reach out to them and just like hey if you have any questions like feel free to ask me like I, i i don't know if i necessarily have the answer for you but maybe I can point you in the right direction um, because that was something when I look back at my time at Cantina, um, I remember one of my, like he's one of my, my good friends now, um, but he was my mentor at the time, Alan Torres. He actually reached out to me on Instagram, I think like a, the month before my internship started. And I was just like completely blown away. It's like this guy who who does this like incredible art. This this guy who's on this like super high pedestal. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Um, and that felt amazing. And I was like, that's a feeling that I would love to pass along to any artist. It, it doesn't have to be you know a junior artist. It can just be you know just an, a senior, a mid level, whatever. Um, but also like you know connecting with these artists like in a in a weird selfish way. It's also like this then opens you up to also doors to other jobs. Because then you're like, hey, if I ever get a job I can't take, I'll refer you, and maybe maybe they'll do the same. And oftentimes that is the case. You've said mentor a couple of times. Is that been like a, I know I'm kind of doing official in quotation marks, like because <laughs> you could just use it as a phrase, as in you saw them as a mentor, or mm-hmm. or did you actually approach? Have you approached people and made it more of a thing? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um. I think in this career or in, in this industry, I've, mm, I've never like hardlined, like this person is my mentor or like asked them to become my mentor. They've just fallen into that place for me mm-hmm. mentally. Um, and I think a lot of that then comes from the, the, the music side of things, because when I was doing music, you know, um, oftentimes you would have a private lesson teacher and that is like a very like concrete mentor. And I think because of, coming from that background that's partially why i was seeking that 
mentor role or like some yeah. someone I could go to for these questions, someone I could go to basically for these like quote unquote private lesson moments. What do you think you look for in a mentor then? I mean, definitely someone who who I think is, you know, better at me than the job that I do. Um, but also someone who is friendly, communicative, because um, as I was saying, like, you know, a lot, a lot of artists maybe aren't the most personable or the most extroverted or like even willing to discuss things. So like you, you, you do have to kind of, you know, sample around a little bit to kind of find someone who speaks your language and kind of vibes with you the way that you communicate. Mm-hmm. But I, I think like just being friendly and open is probably at the top it's kind of the same as like the the artist that i want to continue working with mm. um I, I remember hearing hearing a quote a long time ago you know um studios they the people that they continuously like working with might not be the best artists but they're oftentimes the best people you know you can always teach someone a skill set but you it's very hard to teach someone to be a kind person and so that's something that's stuck with me through and through where you know I try to be as communicative as possible, but I, I also try to be the best version of myself with these studios. I try to be kind, clear, communicative, and honest with them. And I, I think that that goes a long way. So I, I think that that's the same of the type of person you want to work with, the type of person you want to study under. Um, you know, I think that's that, that covers the, the whole gamut. So you said you had eight to nine weeks last year where you weren't working. That sounded like it wasn't, for example, taking an intentional vacation, but rather that the work dried up, but you knew it would come. Like how how was that? How so it was it those? was a, it was it was a mix. Um, I because I I so I did go to Spain for like two weeks in the summer, and I did do like a number of different like travels throughout the year. So I would say, well, more probably more than half of that was planned. But then there's those times, like I think it was in, I think it was like February or March or something like that, where I just, there, the work just dried up and nothing nothing was coming through. Um, so that what, was like an unplanned vacation. And what do you do at those points? So those points, so that that's kind of where I'm like, oh, well, now I have this time to take classes again. This kind of forced vacation in a sense. Um, because the the way that I, you know, look at it at these like, in these time periods where I'm like basically expecting to work, but I'm not. Well, again, like I want to keep bettering myself and essentially make future money. Would you spend also a portion of that time doing outreach to try and remind people, <laughs> hello, over here? Or would you simply say, ah, it'll come and I'll, I'll count like, uh, I think last year, last year it was more of like, it, it'll come. Um, hmm. I, I think, I think it does depend on, you know, how long, does that go for? Um, I do. I do get a bit antsy once you know. Obviously, like, like something like like the two week mark kind of hits, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should send out some emails or or whatever. But I think that working on again these personal products, like putting out your own work to show studios what you're capable of doing, what you're actively doing, that almost sometimes speaks more because a lot of these studios, like their their producers, they're constantly looking on Behance, Instagram, Twitter, all these like websites. So when they when they see you put out something oftentimes they'll like reach out for that specific project that you did. Like, I, I think that did actually end up happening to me a couple of times where like, Hey, 
we saw you do this thing on Instagram and we've got this project right now that's exactly this kind of technique and we would love to bring you in. And so in those periods, to to sort of cope with those periods mm-hmm. and in life in general, I don't know, but I'm just thinking about finances. Like, do you like pay yourself a regular amount of money, like treat it maybe like you were employed? Um, because obviously you've got those periods where you're not working. Um, yes, I am making more money than I ever thought I would make. But I, you know, because of, I think a lot of it comes from just how my parents raised me. Um, I still am frugal and I always have savings. That's just always like, I I think again, we're talking about this, like ebb and flow of like freelance work, you know, you have to always kind of be prepared for things just not to be moving and having that savings behind you and having that mindset, I think helps a lot. Um, so I, I think that that's a lot of what, what I, in, in a way, like cushion myself with. Yeah, no, that's great. It gives you that breathing room, doesn't it? To yes. go and work on those projects. No, that's great. Absolutely. Alex, now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? All right. So here are my three. I've helped do voiceover translation work from Spanish to English. Number two. I worked for uh, Vans Shoes for two weeks, and then my manager forgot I worked there, so I guess I got fired. Um, <laughs> then the last one is, in middle school, my mom took me with her to work at uh, the Chinese restaurant she worked at, and I actually ended up serving there because I had nothing else better to do. Oh, okay. These are quite obscure, which, which <laughs> makes it really... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it tricky. <laughs> um, okay, how old are you in middle school? Yeah, I uh, would have been between, what, like 10 and 13, I think. Okay, you ended up serving in a Chinese restaurant. So Spanish into... So, you're, so you must be amazing at Spanish. Yeah, I'm fluent. But there's one thing in, like, knowing how to speak Spanish, and then there's another thing to translate it. It's a very hard thing to do. How did you end up doing that? Just taking it day by day, doing doing it really, really slowly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You are not giving much away here in your answer. Either that or that is blatantly the lie. Um, Number two was Vans. So you worked for two weeks in Vans and they didn't even know you worked there. Well, she just just forgot. I I called in one day. I was like, hey, I'm not on the schedule. And she's like, oh, you still work here? (laughs) Are you kidding me? They just think you were some weird kid who had a fetish for shoes. I, I don't know. I was. I was just like. I mean, I called in sick like one day, and then I'm just gone. I, Ouch. I, mean, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That can. Well, that's showbiz. Shoebiz. Um, and then serving in a Chinese restaurant. The thing with serving is that actually it can take quite a bit of weight on your wrists. Like you need to actually be quite strong to serve in a restaurant, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I, I, th- I, I never did big old platters that's probably serving them like small dishes like one one plate at a time but i i'm i managed <laughs> okay look I'll, I'll i'll be brutally honest uh-huh alex your backup story for the spanish to english was awful <laughs> now is that because that is the lie or you were deliberately vague in order to try and cross me on this Oh no, that was absolutely the lie. <laughs> yeah! 
you, you put me on the spot. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I'm not fluent in Spanish at all. Oh, if only I had a slight bit of Spanish I could have thrown at you. Where's uh-huh. Duolingo on my app when yeah, I Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have um, checked. Okay. Now, Alex, mm-hmm. if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, yes. what would that be? It, it goes back to the, the, the work-life balance, that mindset thing again. Um, I would just tell myself, you know, feel free to grind. Obviously, you need to keep working hard to get better, to get to get gigs and stuff like that. But allow yourself that time to breathe and relax. Allow yourself that time to have a life. You know, being freelance is having, you know, that ultimate control over your own schedule and what you do when you do it, all of that. So let yourself have that. I think, again, like I because I was so stuck in this like grind, grind, grind mindset that I would just continuously work and i had a hard time saying no to gigs that would come my way i would basically say yes to everything just to make sure i was constantly working um but again then it's like well what's the in a weird way like what's the point of being freelance like i might as well be in a staff position if i just wanted to work all the time um (laughs) now obviously i'm saying all this in you know in hindsight of like if i didn't grind would i be where i am at today I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question to say. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like when people ask me, like, do you, do you think I should go to college? And obviously I, I don't use my college degree, but if I didn't go to college, would I have landed that internship, which would let me find motion graphics to lead me to Los Angeles, to lead me to where I'm at today. I don't know. A lot of it also does depend on that person, their mindset and their, their just internal drive. Uh, what a brilliant place to end. Alex, thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com as there are for all of our guests. You will find links through so that you can find Alex online. And actually, you mentioned School of Motion at one point, the freelance manifesto, wasn't it? Um, yes. End of last season, if you're, um, even though I always say, of course, it's not about what they do for a living it's all about the being freelance if you're into motion design we did have carl hamrick on from school of motion at the end of last year so go back in the feed and check out that or at beingfreelance.com but for now alex thank you so much and all the best being freelance amazing thank you so much steve thank you for having me on Thank you so much to Alex. Thanks so much for all the shares and the comments about IO's episode from last week and for Victoria the week before. I'm so glad you're enjoying them. Do tag me in if you ever share that you're listening. And if you've never left a review before, please consider doing it. It does make a difference. All right, I'll see you in the community for more fun this week. And, of course, another episode of this coming very soon indeed. You have a great week being freelance. Freelance.